Welcome to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. I'm Scott. I'm Candice. I'm Mariah. And I'm Lacey. Grab a drink and come hang with us at the Hangar Bar. Welcome back, everybody. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about our dream Disney vacations. Whether we've already taken them or whether it's something that we need to plan yet, um, I think this discussion is going to open up a lot of good things and we're going to have a lot of good ideas. For sure. And I'm going to kick us off on this one because I, I've thought a lot about what my dream Disney vacation would be. So in the last episode, we talked a little bit about the After Hours event. If I could pick a Disney vacation right now, I would say have Disney release After Hours tickets like our event for every park. I would not go to the park during the day. I would resort hop, I would sleep in, I would relax, I would go to the pool, and then I would go to the parks, each of the parks that had their after hours, I would go at four or seven or whenever it started and get into the park when everybody else left. The idea of no crowds is perfect to me. Uh, I agree with you, Scott. I loved the after hours event. I thought it was so nice that there were no lines for any of the rides. I loved that. Just being able to walk on the rides crowd being much, much less. I loved it. I I'm a, I'm a not, I'm not a big fan of crowds. So going when there are no crowds is just amazing. Yeah. I agree strongly. Um, Lacey and I, since it was my first trip, I, like I keep saying, um, I actually didn't have too bad of experiences waiting in lines. And some of it was nice, but some of it was like, you know, they do the cues so special that, you know, um, Scott, Candace, and Lacey really wanted me to see a lot of the cues and stuff, but at the same time, um, in that trip, I think our after hours event was the last night we were there. So at that point, I had already gone to Magic Kingdom and got to ride all the rides I wanted. But, you know, so um, we, you know, they were just quick step on rides. There were a few ones that like Lacey and I rode because we kind of split off into two different groups. Um, Lacey and I rode Peter Pan. Uh-huh. I yeah. think. And it was funny because <laughs> we had gotten off right as the ride had stopped for like maintenance or something. It broke down or yeah. something. And it was right as it like yeah. we were done with the ride, right as we were walking off. It just stopped. Yeah, it's so perfect timing. Yeah, you had that happen out. twice then, because didn't that happen on Splash Mountain for you all too? Didn't that break down? Like Candace and I were gonna go on Splash Mountain. Yes. And it, it was yes. broken down when okay. we were gonna go on it. And you said you had just gone on it when it broke down. So we are breaking the rides. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that would have been like that would have been horrible. Get stuck halfway through one of those rides and have to be rescued off of it when you spent 125 bucks for a limited amount of time in the parks. Mm -hmm. That would be the only downside if you happen to get stuck on something. That's such a rare occurrence. 
Yeah. I think so. As you were talking, um, Lariah, one of the things that I I kind of thought about from a dream vacation, like if I'm building it from the scratch, I want it to be less crowds and I want it to be the after hours feel, but I don't want them to block off the queues if it's a dream vacation. Yeah. Because like yeah. I've not been through the Peter Pan queue since it's been updated, where it goes through the. The Darling's House. The Darling's House. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That, like, it goes through the Darling's House, and it, it the, the queue for Peter Pan used to suck. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like, you sat outside in the sun for 75 minutes to go on a ride that's uncomfortable and kind of boring. We know this from experience. We know this from experience. And it's it's one of Walt's original rides. It was prop, It's a great ride. I'll, I'll never knock the ride itself. I would not wait 75 minutes in the sun for that ride again. No. no. But if I'm going to walk on that ride, I want to walk through the full queue. If I'm going to walk on to Mine Train, I want to walk through it. I want to be able to, it's, it's my experience. Why not take the time to play with the barrels in the queue and play with the games that are in the queue, that kind of thing. Um, so dream vacation is they would open up the full queue and kind of make you walk through the whole queue instead of the fast pass queue. Cause you, you mentioned that like, we forced you to go through some of those queues Oh yeah. because you had to experience it. Like mm-hmm. one of the queues we kind of forced you through was the, um, midway mania, mm-hmm. like where you walk yes. past the, the Mr. Potato head that talks yep. to you and that kind of thing. Those are such fun cues mm-hmm. that you'd miss out if you just take that fast pass entrance and just miss it all together. That's I, I, I'm going to get away from perfect vacation into my little pet peeve. That's the, one of the things that that fast pass I think is taken away from Disney mm-hmm. is some of that magic and some of the brilliance they've put into the cues like the um, expedition Everest queue, that full queue like, I want to spend time in that queue. I want to wait in line for that queue because there's so much to read, so much to look at, so much backstory that you can find out. And sort of it makes the ride better because you're learning about where you're going through. So I think opening up those full queues to where you could explore them and take your time in them in those after hours events. So I amend my perfect vacation to say they open up the whole queue. Well, and I think that's a, a big thing that a lot of people, and I'm going to go a little bit deep Disney here, but um, I think that's a, something that a lot of people don't realize is the reason that those cues are themed out as well as they are is because it helps start telling the story. One of the Disney's big things is storytelling, and I think we all know that, but they want to give you that opportunity to really be immersed in that story before you even get on the ride. Because, I mean, you can go to any other theme park, get in a line, stand in it for 75 minutes, and then get on a three-minute ride and be done with it. And, yeah, it was okay. But when you have that whole story and the whole experience of going through the queue, it helps sort of bring you down to that place of, okay, this is the story. I'm part of it now. And I'm going to enjoy the ride maybe not consciously, but subconsciously that much more because I'm actually a part of it and I understand it and I'm in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And my whole thing with the cues is I feel like it builds that anticipation where you're taking your time, you're going through that cue. I feel like the cue is part of the enjoyment of the ride as well. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite cues, 
I didn't get to experience this last time because of the after hours event, which there's pros and cons to it. Um, I love the queue to Space Mountain. I love the 90s video games you get to play in line. They were not running when we went on, which I was very disappointed in. But being able to just walk on, that was a plus. So, I mean, I guess I can't have my cake and eat it too, but I did miss out on the queue. And I I really wanted Lariah to see it because I remember from my first Disney trip talking a lot about that. For some reason, I just really liked it and wanted her to see it, but they didn't have it going. Right. Yeah, I think still on the queues talk, but um, we, Lacey and I had gone to the Haunted Mansion and at night especially was a special, special treat. Um, But I was really excited to play with the queue. Like I'm a two-year-old, just kidding. It's still (laughs) fun as an adult, but um, so Lacey and I even let a couple of people go in front of us because I was like, oh, well, you guys can go. I just kind of want to go through the queue because I think um, we had already gone through the Haunted Mansion and I didn't really get a play with the queue just because, you know, kids were in line. So obviously you let them go first and stuff. No big deal. But I was excited to play with it. I didn't get to play with it, though. But what you going to do? Still grateful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I was kind of saying that the after hours event would be really cool if they would just have you walk through the entire queue. I know the fast pass queue is so much faster and like you spend 125 bucks to go spend that extra four hours without guests. So you want to do as much as possible, but the way I vacation, the way I do Disney is more about the entire experience. Mm -hmm. So taking the time to walk through that whole queue and playing with the little organ that's there and taking the time to notice that Madame Leota's grave, her eyes open that like, if you're not paying attention, you don't see that stuff. And then all of a sudden Disney becomes universal. (gasps) How dare you, sir? (laughs) (laughs) But am I wrong? If you don't take the time in the queues, like you were saying, it's 75 minutes just waiting in a line. And then you go on a ride. The rides are great, but that experience of going through the queues and that kind of thing just makes it so much better. Okay, so going back to ideal vacation, what about, we we talked in our last episode about non-park days. How many of those would you build in and how would you do those in your perfect Disney trip? Um, Okay, I guess I'll start. Um... I really liked how our first day at Disney, we didn't go to any parks. We just went, like I said, resort hopping, but also to Disney Springs. Um, So I think when we go back, I would really like to, you know, not go to a park the first day arriving. I think that's a very smart idea, Um, but to each their own. Um, And then I think Candace had planned our second relaxing day um, perfectly where it's in the middle of the parks where you just like have a nice day to sit and relax after all that walking and excitement where you just go do your own thing for a 
for a day. And so you're energized for the rest of the trip. So, yeah. I think having an equal amount of time away from the parks and versus time in the parks would be my ideal vacation. Because like I said in our first episode, I enjoy the days out of the parks just as much as I do at the parks. Mm-hmm. There are pros to pro and cons to both. Like I, I guess um, the parks for me, I enjoy more in the morning and at night during the afternoon. That's nap time. That's pool time. That's get, I don't want to be in the hot sun around million or not millions, but thousands of people. It feels like millions. Okay. Um, but I, I guess that would be mine and just exploring more where you are or just like when we went to the Grand Floridian and just sat there, like we just went there, sat in the lobby and just kind of observed our surroundings. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I guess just taking the time and really observing things is what really made the trip for us. When we would just kind of, you know, we weren't just going from ride to ride to ride. Where we'd just stop for a minute, sit down and kind of look around and really take in all the magic that's happening around us yeah and as you talk about that you think about our podcast name hanging at the hangar bar if you don't take time outside of the parks you don't get to figure that stuff out you don't Mm -hmm. get to just sit there and people watch and watch the locals and how they interact with disney and that kind of thing being 24 hours away or multiple flights away we don't get to see that every day so being able to take that time to sit back and look at how well themed everything is at Disney. Even if you don't agree with all of their decisions and that kind of thing, it is super well themed throughout. Like, Lariah, this was your first trip, or or our first trip was your first trip to to Disney. Would you have, let me ask this, would you have done anything differently? Honestly, I don't really think so. I was very, very pleased and impressed with how our trip was, especially for a first timer. And, you know, I have no complaints because it was my first trip and I was so grateful. And um, honestly, going into it, I really didn't know what to expect. So anything was literally everything. Like, that was a dream come true. Absolutely. Um, So I think the only thing would be I would have liked to try some more quick service restaurants because I do I love going out to eat I love it so much but one of the things I did research before we went were some fun um quick service places that Mm -hmm. I was like oh I kind of want to try that but you know um I think that's the only thing but besides that everything was absolutely perfect and I would not change our first trip for anything. Yeah, that's awesome. And I I like what you said about the, the quick service. We were, Candace mentioned in the last episode that we were on the deluxe dining plan. And again, we'll probably go into more in depth about that in a future episode, but the, the deluxe dining plan sort of leads you towards table, table service restaurants. It, because of the value that it provides. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to get your money's worth and I'm using air quotes out of 
out of the deluxe dining plan, you do three table service meals a day. Right. You eat breakfast where somebody serves you, lunch where somebody serves you, and dinner where somebody serves you. And we still, the <laughs> the last day of the trip, we're in the, the gift shop of our, of our resort buying as many bags of snacks as we can because we have so many snack credits left over. So you eat so much with that dining plan. I, I agree. Like Candace and I have talked our next trip. We probably would not go with the deluxe dining plan. We'd go right. with the one back from that. Just so we could say, hey, let's go um, feel like we're getting our value at Casey's Corner instead right. of having it be so like that's all of a sudden an expensive meal, even though you don't have to pay for it out of pocket. You're thinking hot dogs and French fries on compare that in value to going to Le Cellier and eating in Epcot. All of a sudden, those price points are vastly different. You're like, let's go to Le Cellier. I know it's two table service credits, but it the table service just provides so much more value. But I, I agree with you 100% on that dream vacation. You would take that balance between the knowing the quick service also are smaller amounts of food so you can enjoy more of the unique snacks. Candace and I have long talked, and you can add to this, Candace. like when you go to Epcot, we typically go during food and wine. We've not ever been able to take the time to go to like each country or each booth and try something. That would be phenomenal as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think just kind of to add on what everybody's saying, I would do the whole my dream vacation, the after hours thing, absolutely. Um, since we're dreaming here, we're going to dream big. Um, I would want to stay in the Cinderella suite mm. inside the castle. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after I was finished with the parks, and when I say finished, I mean... I will never be tired of them, but tired of being there for a moment. Um, I would go get myself on a Disney cruise ship and take a cruise. Yes. That, that will go. Oh, go ahead, Lacey. No, that that's a, that's a, a perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's a future topic we will get into, but uh, just um, to mention having that on the tail end of your Disney parks trip it it just do it (laughs) (laughs) no but to go back what scott was saying about uh some of the dining options and food and wine um i know this year they've already started the food and wine festival for the year really because they're trying to make back some of Uh okay covid since they didn't get to have it last year gotcha okay um and, and things around the parks and that kind of thing are just changing. But to Scott's point, some of the booths that you walk by during food and wine, there's absolutely heavenly smells coming out of them. And you so bad want to go try something. But especially on that deluxe dining plan, and I'm not sorry we did it that way because I think we got to experience no. a lot of restaurants that we normally wouldn't. Morimoto. Morimoto is a perfect example. Yes. <laughs> um. But you're just so full because, like I said in our previous episode, it's appetizer, entree, dessert, drink for each person. And it's not like a serving of an appetizer. It's a full appetizer. To yourself. To yourself. Yeah. I mean, of course, we shared when we could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. but still, um, like, you have no room to no. go to a snack booth at all. Yeah. 
But, you know, I feel like we've done it and we know how it was. So we'll never mm-hmm. wonder how it's like to be on the deluxe. And mm-hmm. I I don't regret it either. I tried a lot of great food. The service was amazing. I know which restaurants I would go back to and that the ones that were two table credits worth, I know which ones are worth going back to and which ones I wouldn't. And I think having that experience will make future trips even better. Be our guest. Cough, cough, be our guest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've been there for all three meals. Yeah, Candace and I have now done all three meals there. And have sat in each of the different dining rooms. We've been in the Rose Gallery, the main dining room, and the West Wing. I've done it. I can say I've done it. I don't need to go back. Right. I agree. I, I, I thought it was a fine experience. Um, but honestly, it, it's not a must do for me. It's fun, but I think it's more fun if you're a kid. Um, because I feel like when I go to a restaurant, I want the food to be amazing and being vegan and going there wasn't, I got like frozen waffles and some fruit and so it was more Whoa. about, <laughs> I know. Um, so it wasn't the best dining experience for me, but it was fun to still be in the Beast Castle. Yeah, if they would have the Beast be there for all meals, that might be better. Like, you can forgive mediocre food. Like, I'll forgive two table credits worth of mediocre food because Candace and I have pictures with the Beast from our dinner experience. But they don't do that for breakfast and lunch. It's just the dinner experience that's, and that, that's changed now since we did that. But um, that was the only redeeming quality I felt for dinner because, like, you compare that food versus Le Cellier, two table credits, night and day difference. It's like a five star versus a two star. And so, with when you went to be our guest for dinner, was it not quick service? No. Is that the only meal that is not quick service? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and when we went there, it was a, a small menu. Mm-hmm. Now it's a, a, a pre-fee. Is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. So it's a pre-fee where they say you can choose from these mains and everybody gets these desserts and that kind of thing. When we went, it was here's four entree options, two appetizer options, three dessert options. You can get, but now they've changed it for the same price to be everybody kind of gets the same thing. Okay. Okay. But you get to meet the beast. So again, I can forget, like your experience with Tusker House, again, kind of call back to our last episode. We didn't have the greatest food experience at Tusker House, but you can forgive mediocre food for the atmosphere and what else you get to do while you're there. So the meeting Mickey and gang in their safari outfits kind of made it to where mediocre food became okay. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and also, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say that buffet food is never going to be five, five stars, in right. my opinion. No. And another thing, and I think Disney does a fabulous job of this in all of the restaurants on property, is the service. Yes, absolutely. And our server at Tusker House and the chef that came out to talk to you, Lacey, I think that probably saved that experience and sort of helped overshadow the mediocrity of the food. I agree. 
The desserts there were fantastic. Yeah. But the rest of the food was, to me, mediocre. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing that we had on our list of things to talk about for this episode, we have about five minutes left in our our self-imposed half-hour timeline. Um, The other thing that we sort of talked about or planned for this episode was talk about tips and tricks for planning your dream vacation. So I, I think, as I think about that, a couple things that I would do for my dream vacation is, number one, I would drive again. I, I don't mind driving. I like driving. As long as you have the time to give to take a couple days to get down there, having a car at Disney World was well worth it, even though you have to pay for parking and that kind of thing. There were a couple times when we were like, no, we don't want to wait for a bus or we don't want to call a minivan and it's just as easy for us to go get in the car. Or we were at a huge resort. We were in Old Key West. There were a couple times when I was up at the the customer service area and I called Candace and I'm like, get in the car and come get me because I don't want to wait the 30 minutes to get in a bus, and which is a three-mile walk back to our, our room. So she came and, and got me. So having a car there was perfect. And then the the sort of middle midpoint of taking a break, giving your feet a rest, a pool day, being intentional about time off in the vacation, I think is a huge tip. And then if you're driving, doing something not Disney related on the way back helped break up that trip in a way that it didn't feel like a chore coming home. What other tips and tricks now that I've, I've shared mine? Um, this is probably going to sound biased, but I guess I don't care. Use a travel professional. Um, there are Disney travel professionals, some specialized specifically in Disney. Make sure that if you're going to work with one, um, that they are designated as a specialist for Disney destination vacations because they will help you. They will help you make reservations. They will help you kind of plan out your day based on your travel party and what they want and not what everybody else and their Aunt Rosa wants. And most of them don't charge anything extra. Like it's not going to cost you anything above the cost of your trip to use their services. They get paid by Disney, actually, um, a commission. So that's my advice. My advice is just stop and do what you want to do. If you see something that you want to go look at or a store that you want to go into, a ride that you want to do, stand in line for that ride. Do it because you want to, not because it's popular. If it doesn't appeal to you, that's fine. Don't do it. But I think doing what you want to do, stopping, taking a moment, exploring And along those same lines, Lacey, I think it's important to listen to yourself and listen to your body. And if it says, don't go out this morning, take the time to rest and recharge until you're ready to go again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were a couple examples of, of that where you didn't end up going to Epcot with us in the morning. Or was it Hollywood Studios? Both. Both. Like where you just decided to, to hang out. And, and just chill for a little bit. Just let your body recover a little bit. And then you caught up with us and you were better for it. Um, but on the flip side, even at the after hours event, I'm like, hey, I want to go on Pirates. And Candace was like, I want to just sit here. And she went and found a cart, got some popcorn 
And she sat and ate popcorn and people watched while I went on Pirates. So Mm -hmm. just because you're with a group of people doesn't mean you have to do everything together. Like the four of us split into, for that after hours event, we said, hey, Lacey and Lariah, you two are going to be faster and maybe want to do different things than we want to do. So just go. And we went and did our own thing. Don't be afraid to sort of break yourselves apart from your group and then find ways to regroup and connect and talk about your shared experiences. Agreed. Lariah, what about you? Any tips or tricks as a first-timer? Um, I would say probably just have a loose kind of go-with-the-flow plans. Like have your dinner reservations or reservations ready. Have your um, the days that you're going to the parks ready. But just like Lacey said, just go with the flow. The, there's no hurry. Like you want to stop and you want to appreciate what you're surrounded by. Um, and just move forward with the flow that your body is telling you to do. Because there is no possible way to do it all. No, absolutely not. You're never going to see that everything, you're never going to be able to write everything. You're never going to be able to do everything. Yep. Never. No. So just in the moment, what feels right. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's where we're going to end it for today. What a fantastic conversation. I don't know how much time we spent actually talking about our dream vacations, but it was fantastic conversation (laughs) anyway. We started where we were, and we went where we wanted to go. We kind of circled back around, and it's it's a great place. So just remember, there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow, and we will talk to you at the next one. See you real soon.